Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to El Angel. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Angel Season 5 podcast by a werewolf and a weirwolf. Hell no. Hell no. This is a very special episode of Welcome to El Angel. (laughs) Some might call it a lost episode, even. (laughs) Some might. So it's going to be a little wackier because we've technically done this before. But we are going into it with uh, other ideas, other thoughts. We know now very clearly that this episode of Angel, we know where it ranks quality wise and we don't have to dance around that for like half an hour as we did before. I think you were very much in a place where you weren't sure if it was good or not. And you were feeling very just, yeah. (laughs) I mean, uncertain in general about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, This is season five, episode three, Unleashed, original air date, October 15th, 2003. And as we said, it is not very good. Ah, woo, goes the episode. (laughs) Filled with werewolves as it is. Oh, so filled with werewolves. Now, I don't know what you may have come to this episode with, Mm -hmm. because we don't ever discuss the extra things that we're bringing. Um, What I have come with is three episodes of Buffy, that are better than this episode, given the things that this episode is trying to do. Very nice. I don't really have a format necessarily, but I will start off by framing this episode and saying what what it's about or what I find interesting about it. And what I find interesting is the mustache twirling villainy of it (laughs) and what it tries to get at in terms of like, what is an evil character? I think this this mostly comes to play in the fact that central to this episode is a group of people that want to eat werewolf meat, right? Yeah. But then the episode's like, oh, but what if that really happened? Wouldn't it be creepy and weird? And it's this weird just dual identity for the episode to have something so patently ridiculous (laughs) as a bunch of people that want to eat werewolf meat and then at the same time be like, but what if it was real? That'd be creepy. And it goes like overly dark. And it's like, oh, they'd be really fucked up if they wanted to do that. And I'm like, I'm not arguing. It's a ridiculous concept. Of course they'd be fucked up. And yeah, the episode takes great lengths to just make them so evil. Oh yeah. Like over the top. Irredeemably. They want to eat a person. Of course they're evil. (laughs) They want to eat a person and they want to eat them alive. Yeah. You know, they capture this person and like sort of torture her they torture no her reason. definitely yeah before they're gonna eat her and you've got this gritty ultra violent torture stuff yeah. going on and them talking about how they're gonna eat her alive and you're like but it's not serious it's no. not spooky because the concept that you're introducing is people that want to eat a werewolf <laughs> That's goofy. That is goofy, it's goofy. at its core, and yeah. you're trying to make it serious, which doesn't work, which is kind of why this episode is dumb. Yeah, and I think this episode also suffers from not really fully understanding what it wants to be about, because at the beginning, it's very much about, okay, here's this person who's been scratched, bitten by a werewolf, and is becoming one and doesn't know how to deal with that. But then I think maybe they got to a point where they're like, oh, haven't we done this <laughs> a lot of times? Yeah. Maybe we should throw in this other wacky twist. Oh, someone wants to eat her. Uh. (laughs) No. And like, it's trying to do that and explore how Angel feels about being a monster himself. Yeah. And you're like, but Angel's not that interesting. (laughs) 
I think a lot of our complaints about this show so far have come down to Angel's not that interesting. <laughs> I'll be talking about that more in depth later. I guess quickly, is there anything else that we haven't like mentioned to give like listeners the context of what the context, this episode? Yeah, because yeah. it's Angel grappling with his mo- his own monstrosity, guiding through a new monster in her struggle to understand her own monstrosity. Mm-hmm. You got this creepy cryptozoologist who is eventually yeah he's employed by Wolfram and Hart, and it turns out he's a bad guy. He's so clear evil and then they're like it was the cryptozoologist all along and you're like yep that's checks out it tracks yeah. yeah you've got the introduction of what i can only assume will never come up again no. in the form of a lorn aura sensing blocking drug that a person can take it's just insanity because all you can think is they rely heavily on this to determine whether their employees are evil and it's blockable it's blockable <laughs> what now, he had warning, sort of, because he knew that they were going to be checking people, mm. but still. Yeah. I, I think that's about enough context here. Yeah. Uh, do we need to say that the new monster lady's name is Nina? I guess. And that, oh, she's technically a super werewolf, too. Yeah. This is another thing. It's oh, like, she's oh, a different species of werewolf, I yeah. guess, or something. Crazy I don't know. Super. She has a longer... Longer arms. Arms. Her arms are mad long. And the, the werewolf design is very much back to the season two Buffy, mm-hmm. where it's sort of just like a bigger... They're trying to make it bigger, and they're trying to make it <laughs> scarier. <laughs> And, and they don't show it very often, which is a good move. Yeah. But they wanted to get away from the season three and season four werewolf. That's more of like a, a dog person wolf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which apparently they thought was lame. Some of the costume designer. I don't know. It's all kind of lame. Honestly. It is all kind of lame. Michaela, first episode that you want to talk about that is better than this in Buffy, <laughs> but tries to do a similar thing. The first episode I'm going to bring up is Phases, season two, episode 15, in which... A werewolf is hunted by someone for some sort of monetary reason, and Oz discovers he is a werewolf and has to deal with that fact. Wow, yeah, I couldn't (laughs) couldn't anticipate that you would bring up the exact same episode that this is. I love it so much, because, yeah, it's so old at this point, right? Phases. And (laughs) the, the, like, hunter hunting a werewolf for the skins, I believe, in that episode. Yes, Is very similar. Yeah, the pelt. Yeah. Very similar to eating them, because, again, they would have to be alive to harvest the pelt. Right, because once you kill the werewolf, it reverts back to its human form yeah so there's this same level of brutality that's happening and arguably skinning an entire werewolf alive i don't know is that worse i guess they're it's probably about the same it's It's probably about the same but that is never even considered in the buffy episode like this werewolf hunter he's wacky you know he's just he's got his stupid does he have a necklace or some shit i think so yeah of like a bunch of different werewolf claws his, his stupid trailer like making silver bullets and he's such a loser right yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah to contrast these fancy pants rich folks who want to eat the werewolf in this episode so in season three they knew what they were doing and they're like oh let's lean into the wackiness of a werewolf hunter right and not bother dwelling on the grim dark realities of werewolf hunting in real life <laughs> yeah yeah and like so this episode like phases was I don't know how many years before. Five? That's probably a yeah, five, five year years difference. Yeah. That's season, yeah, two season. I guess this would be like season eight of Buffy. Yeah. So it was almost six. And like what Oz has to go through, I mean, he faces a lot of it alone because he's not sure who to tell and mm-hmm. he doesn't really understand what's happening to him. But you just feel for Oz so much more than you ever give a shit about Nina. 
Because they're trying to do a bunch more stuff with this episode, and Angel is really the focus rather than Nina. It's Angel acting as guide for this person, and like Nina's along for the ride, really. And she's a new character. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not that, like, there was an existing character that they're like, oh, this mild mannered bassist. Yeah, bassist. bassist is becoming a werewolf and like you know that's really scary for him and I mean it's this allegory for like puberty at that yeah. time whereas I don't know if they really go like hard on the menstruation route in this one not really I, yeah they just make it more about her having this like inner demon right which actually brings me to my second episode I might as well okay. just get there right yeah, now let's do it because it's very so season 3 episode 15 consequences Angel uses the fact that he has this monstrous darkness inside him to try to help someone else come to terms with the monster slash darkness that is inside of them it's just faith wow <laughs> yeah uh hmm that's a very good shout <laughs> Because, yeah, that <laughs> means that it's literally Angel doing the same thing yeah. that he's doing in this episode. Uh-huh. So yeah. what is this episode trying to add beyond consequences? And it's doing such a worse job. <laughs> because the things that Faith is struggling with are so much more real. Yeah, Faith has actually killed a person yeah. by that point. Uh-huh. Whereas Nina no. is, like, worried that she might eat her niece. Right, which is a, it's a concern. Sure. Like, and it's a relevant concern. But she hasn't done anything yet. No. It's all hypothetical concern rather than consequences, which is like, oh, I've done this bad thing. Does that make me a bad person? Rather than I could do these bad things. Does that make me a bad person? And Faith is teetering on this brink of, is she going to become this evil version of herself? And Angel's there trying to stop her from passing that point. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot more impactful <laughs> than him being, being like, well, I'm a monster too, so yeah. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, mm. I think this sort of brings me to a point that I have about why I find Angel heavy episodes boring. And we've been over this on the pod. Like we've been over, uh, if you are not using your ensemble cast, what does that mean for you? We've been over um, how I, I've often accused these sorts of episodes of being bad because of that. Mm -hmm. But like, why do I think it's bad? Because clearly some people like the, a lot of people like the broodiness, right? And I think that appeals to a teen demographic a lot more (laughs) and that's where you get your twilight and your sort of romeo and juliet will they won't they type love stories where like they can't and it's tragic because they can't be together (laughs) rather than like the wackiness and I, in all of my storytelling, in my D&D DMing experience, like, I want the drama to not come from an edgelord, <laughs> like Angel is. Yeah. I want it to come from a reasonable character having two reasonable conflicting uh, goals or ideologies and, like, the the um, confluence of those two things. Where this is just, it seems flat to me because I think it's overtrod, yeah. right? Like, if someone's sad... They're sad in a myriad of ways, or like for a myriad of reasons, but basically in the same way. They're just like, oh, things are bad. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. I I do see that things are bad, but I don't see why that is supposed to be interesting to me. And I guess it's because I'm supposed to empathize with that. But then when you've got like sort of a, not Captain Cardboard, that's a different (laughs) character. But when you've got, say, a flat character, yeah. I think it's harder for me to empathize with that. And I just, uh, why why bother empathizing with it if it's just going to make me sad, right? <laughs> I don't want to be sad. 
No, you don't. And I think a big part of the problem is that this character was created to be this broody, mysterious guy on season one of a television show about a teenaged vampire hunter. Yeah. Right? And the reason that Angel got his own show to begin with was because of, like, evil Angel. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, he's suddenly this dynamic character who's interesting to watch and like clearly David Boreanaz is capable of that a capable of being engaging mm -hmm. and so Joss saw that and was like hey that's that guy can have his own show right but the, the thing is that you can't have Evil Angel as the main character <laughs> of your show and when they tried that in whatever season three of Angel or whatever where he closes the doors on Wolfram and Hart's special operations it's just it, <laughs> they it, didn't like it yeah as your main character that's a bit hard to swallow too and I mean it's season four they they fully do it for like five episodes where mm. they have evil angel but at that point they have all these other characters that they've yeah. built up to be heroes that you don't need angel to necessarily be carrying this but that's also not something that's going to be sustainable because you know with his reputation of hey i like to kill people for fun and i'm also very scary and powerful you just you can't have him around all the time it's not gonna work yeah. Do you remember a period in your life when you liked the broody hero, you were interested in that? And if so, do you remember what it is about that that is interesting or fun to be around? I guess not fun to be around, but like... Yeah, it's really that teenaged see. girl thing. And I know that you won't be able to understand this. I, I'll try to empathize. <laughs> of, oh, that guy seems really broken yeah. and I want to fix him. Oh, interesting. He's so broody and dark and like what must have happened to him for that to be what he's presenting to the world and like and he's so unhappy, but I could make yeah. him happy. Right. I mean, at the same time, he also has to be hot. Yeah. Right. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess it, it works here or it's trying to work here by the fact that he's also taking care of Nina. So like there's that other layer of him being a protector, which is nice to see. And I mean, I, I know is certainly found attractive. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got it sort of coming from both angles, but it's just not working, especially for us yeah. who are not teenagers anymore. And I mean, in this episode in particular, he is trying to be this protector of Nina, but at the same time, she wakes up with no clothes on in a cell. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, this episode does really problematic things with it where he seems yeah. much more like an attacker yeah. than someone to be empathized with. Yeah. He seems like a kidnapper. And he's just doing all the worst things that he can Absolutely. too. It's, he's not making it better in any situation. He's like, all right, I need to show you something. <laughs> yeah. Naked woman who I have imprisoned. Yeah. And you're like, no, she should try to escape from you. You're a bad person. Right? Like, this poor woman does not have a very good time in this episode. Let's just put it that way. No. Whew. What is the third episode that this episode is trying to do, but does poorly? So, it's interesting because what this episode tries to say at the end is that, you know, Nina has her, her sister and she has her niece and that by being with these people, it's going to be okay. Sort of like what the last scene is. Mm -hmm. You know, she's had a lot of conflict with them that there's been no resolution for but she shows up and it's just like happy sunshine <laughs> hugs 
And then it, it, you know, sort of makes Angel go, hey, what about my friends? And I'd argue that that's sort of, it's sort of the opposite message that the episode I'm about to bring up sends. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm not sure that Unleashed is sending the correct message necessarily. Yeah, Yeah. it's certainly doing it in a stupid way. It sure is. So in New Moon Rising, which is season four, episode 19, like Oz has gone off and he's found a cure for being a werewolf. Right. And so he thinks, okay, now, now because I've gone and I've worked on this myself, I'm in a position where I can be around the people I love again and not hurt them. And then it turns out that those people are the people who are most likely to cause these strong emotions in him and make him lose control. Which, again, is the opposite thing that this episode is trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't it true? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Isn't it a better point to make? (laughs) There are so many problems with the resolution and we'll get there in just one second. But this is a very valid one. It's just so over-the-top saccharine crap. Yeah. At the end where it's like the sitcom music playing and she's <laughs> the music's she's greeting her <laughs> sister and her niece and they're all a happy family again. Until like a month later when she has to lock herself up and that's just like a cool state of affairs for her. She disappears three nights a month. Yeah. And they just have to be okay with it and not question her because what can she possibly tell them? And doesn't like werewolfism come out at other times too or something? So yeah, if she's around these people that are giving her the strongest emotions in the world <laughs> and we've been over what that's like for a person. Yeah. But we've unlearned it for this episode. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Let's talk a bit more about the other problematic resolutions with this episode. So, the, the like main climax here is Nina's being served, basically. Right. She's not been cut up yet, but she is about to be cut up. Angel and co. storm into this place with all the over-the-top evil people. They're like, hey, you can't do that. We're gonna question mark shoot people who try to <laughs> try to eat this poor girl. And sure, whatever, go for it. And the resolution there is that they get away with Nina, but not before Nina manages to bite the cryptozoologist, the -the over-the-top evil guy. And then they're like, okay, well, you can eat him instead. Peace, we're out. (laughs) And that's weird in and of itself for so many reasons. When they just leave, you're like, what? But... (laughs) You need to you need to do something about these people. This society that eats werewolves, you're just going to be like, this is fine. We'll leave this. This can definitely happen forever. And if they're, you know, able to get to this level of cruelty, they're definitely doing this for other things. Like, this doesn't stop here. No. They're all sociopaths. <laughs> they're all incredibly rich, too. Yeah. If you're not stopping them, what are you doing? What? <laughs> And then there's a quick throwaway line in the last scene when they're all having a great time hanging out at Angel's apartment that he's never let them come to before now because he's too closed off. I don't know. And and Gunn says something like, oh, yeah, we shut that place down. Don't mean to talk shop, but Crane's Bistro or the Bazaar? Out of business. Permanently. And you're like, what? <laughs> what sort of bullshit double finale is? Like, I what do you mean know. this is your resolution happening in one throwaway line after you ostensibly resolved it a couple minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this throwaway line makes me so mad. <laughs> Just because, like, oh, we did shut them down. Because it's... Uh, it's very like Andrew and Jonathan in the truck on their way to yeah. Mexico, Mexico, you know? Yeah. It's the bit that gets thrown in after they've shot the rest of the episode. Oh. Shown it to some people and they're like, you can't just have them leave this society as it is. So they have to add in this other throwaway line to be like, oh, and we shut them down so they can't do any more evil. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Because, especially because of the placement. 
Yeah. It's such a strange amount of time that they wait to say that. And they let you believe for minutes upon minutes that they're just gonna let these people eat the cryptozoologist and that because he did a bad thing, he deserves it? No. <laughs> it's so, so weird. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, guys? And then they have to have a scene like this to be like, ah, no, we we're, we're figuring great. it out. We got it. Everything's cool. <laughs> Everything's totally cool here. How are you? <laughs> yep, that is good times. Let's catch up briefly with Spike in this episode. See yeah. what's happening with him. That's right. Because He's around. last we saw, he was in a necromancer briefly. <laughs> Briefly. And then really... Almost in Angel. I nearly got inside of Angel. So close. Yeah. And then he was really asking Fred for help Mm -hmm. because he can feel himself being pulled to hell and he's doing this disappearing thing more frequently and he's genuinely concerned that like he's going to disappear and never come back. So obviously we need to advance that in some way in this episode. So we Mm -hmm. don't. So it just stays the same. And forgetting second billing in the show, James Marsters is not being given a lot to do because he's talking to like one and a half people he's talking to fred mostly and then occasionally bothering angel and he keeps trying to make his case that hey this thing that's happening to me is very relevant Mm -hmm. and everyone else is just spending all of their resources to try to help this one werewolf right that's the other thing that's super (laughs) weird about this episode is that the entire gang of angel's top executives (laughs) are all focused on one woman who is turning into a werewolf which should be like very much a delegatable task. They have so many employees. They've got so many employees, you can assign a handler to this woman, and that's fine. And, like, Harmony's gonna be blunt. Sure. Sure. But she'll be happy. Yeah. And isn't that what you need? You don't need Angel brooding it up, being like, oh, you got the darkness (laughs) in you now. (laughs) Why is Harmony not just being given this task? Yeah. Angel doesn't want her as a secretary. Give her something else to do. Right. But no. Nope. And, yes, Spike doesn't have much else to do either in this episode poor him yeah he'll get there eventually yeah maybe next episode maybe next Who's episode to Who's to say? say michaela we got some pictures in this episode we do do you want to talk about them yeah let's do it so lauren is killing things as always as always he's wearing his spicy mustard to start this episode <laughs> off this mustard colored jacket oh boy with his green skin and his Beautiful. red horns mm. yeah he's got some sort of there's a lot of floral happening for him Oh, are they palm trees on his shirt? Yeah, maybe floral's the wrong word. It's definitely some sort of plant Mm. happening on his shirt. You can't see most of it, though. Just his big collar. Always with the collars. Collar over top of the jacket collar, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so this is the beginning. They're having this little meeting to try to figure out... And this is like a problem they're going to continue to have. But are they doing the right thing? Or have the senior partners gotten one over on them? And is Gun evil? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, Good like, question. they're still not sure. Mm. Bottom line, yeah. they're still not sure. And yeah, Angel's come to this wearing his leather hoodie because he's got a hoodie on under a leather jacket. Is it stealthy? Is that what's happening? It's like sort of like a watchdog's hacker type look, you know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, got that hoodie to preserve your anonymity, but the hood's always down because people need to see your face. Is this when we do our ad copy for Watch Dogs Legion? <laughs> I've heard that's going to be the best it's game gonna ever. It's going to be really great. You should pre-order should a few copies mm-hmm. of that for you and all your friends. It's a game for everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fun for the whole family? <laughs> Ages three and up. Yeah. I mean, you can play an elderly person in the game. Yep. So if you yourself are elderly. Now, fun fact about Watch Dogs Legion. In a post-Brexit world, there are no children. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Nor are there dogs. (laughs) We don't need those. (laughs) 
Watch Dogs Legion, available for pre-order now. Use the code Welcome to the Hellmouth and it won't get you anything. We are not partnered with Ubisoft. There's probably also nowhere to put a code in, so... Mm. Are we sort of partnered with Ubisoft in a way? Uh, not in a way that they've agreed to. <laughs> I think I'm technically correct. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, next up, we've got Exsuitlant, oh. which is your pun about gun looking excellent in, in his, his suit. light brown suit. A difficult look to pull A off. difficult look, and honestly, gun's just looking great every mm-hmm. episode. Might be evil looking great, though. Yeah, I mean, he's around Lorne a lot, which is tough because he just gets sort of lost mm. beside all that fabulousness. Right. So that part's a little tough, but that's all right. Uh, drawing in the dark is a classic image of <laughs> Nina and her niece. Her niece is, you know, asking to draw a picture of her favorite aunt. But for some reason, they haven't bothered turning on any lights in the house. So her niece is drawing entirely in the darkness. And you're just thinking this poor child's going to strain her eyes. Yep. And for what? Like, what? Why can't you just turn a light on for her? Or, like, let her sit at a kitchen table. She's on the floor yeah. on top of it. I'm sure money's a bit tight, but they've got a kitchen table right? and they've got lights. Like, one light's not going to break the bank. One light, guys. Get a candle. I don't know. <laughs> Up next to Flornal, <laughs> which is Lauren having a floral look on his lapels again. Yeah. Always. Always. But he's in that blue suit this mm. time. Very nice, always going very well with his beautiful green skin. I would not think this many things go well with green skin, you know? It's I would surprising. think that that's a difficult color to dress for, mm-hmm. and yet... And yet, it all just works because it's so bold, I think? I don't know. And you've always got the separation of the shirt in between I think that does the skin help a lot. and the jacket. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that the the whole outfit is really what's working with the skin rather than just any one piece of it. Mm-hmm. And so whoever's doing this is a genius. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he's come to speak to Angel. Angel's moping about Spike and he's chosen to do so in a very large chair. How large is this chair? <laughs> it's the giantest chair you've ever seen. Angel is swallowed by it. He looks like a tiny, <laughs> tiny child he looks in this like chair. A child. And David Boyanis is a reasonable height. He's still he's and he's so size six man. feet. Sure, you know? yeah. Yeah, and he just looks so silly and little. Oh, he's so small. <laughs> Adorable. Uh. <sighs> Vestley is one of your best puns. <laughs> Wesley is looking the part of a an ex-demon hunter yeah. in his brown vest over a, a scandalously unbuttoned... Well, not by angel <laughs> standards, but certainly by Wes's. Button-up shirt, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh I just, this vest is such a strange choice because I I guess it's just a fashion choice, right? It's not doing anything else. No. If it had pockets, maybe he could put like, uh, like silver bullets watch? in there oh, or... Right, that made the old him. I think that the old Wes would have always been wearing a vest probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's, he was dressing in three pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, this, this is a casual this vest, vest. Yeah, this vest doesn't go with his pants, so... No, yeah. doesn't count. Yeah. Not at all. And then <laughs> the final picture is just titled... Yeah! <laughs> because Gunn has smuggled into the evil society of werewolf eaters a full-sized shotgun somehow. He just walks right in with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and because this guy behind him is giving me full-on David Caruso Forgot vibes. About this fucker. <laughs> 
His hair is all slicked back. He's wearing his sunglasses indoors. And he looks like he could be delivering some sort of very bad pun at any moment. So discount David Caruso. My God. This and this standoff. We didn't talk too much about it. It's so stupid. I don't even know if standoff's the right word. Because, you know, gun and angel and maybe Wes. Wes definitely has a gun to someone's head. They bust on in. Or sorry, gun is also pointing a gun at someone. And and they've got these guns. And then suddenly they're surrounded by people with guns. Mm -hmm. And they're told that if anyone makes a movement, they're going to get shot. So then angel makes a movement. And And he he is the only one who gets shot. And no one else does. And then they manage to disarm the other gunmen who, again, had guns pointed at their heads. So they should know that Angel's a vampire, right? Because the cryptozoologist is working for them and he's also working very closely with Angel. Yeah. Angel's probably pretty famous at this point being the CEO CEO of Wolfram and Hart LA branch. And like, these are evil people. They're the kind of people who would know about the evil law firm. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Doesn't make a goddamn lick of sense. Well, Michaela, that is our episode. Let's go into a rose and a thorn for this episode. Okay, good. My rose is Nina accusing Angel of being a (laughs) Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. When she is, he's like, oh, I'm a monster too, Nina. (laughs) I do understand your plight. And she's like, what, are you a Frankenstein or something? <laughs> and he's so offended, he's so offended by, by it. He hates it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that's, that, that's pretty great. I have two small things mm-hmm. I'm going to say. My first is that they finally give Lauren something to do in this episode. Mm. They let him have a heart-to-heart with Angel. Yeah. And he's all moping about Spike. I think he gets to call him either Angel, Angel Kins, Kins or yeah. something like that, which is always good. And yeah, I mean, he's the empath demon. He's supposed to be the one that people can talk about their feelings with. And he's not afraid to say like, no, Angel, like for real, let's talk about this and what's actually bothering you and why are you actually upset about this whole Spike thing? Oh, for once we've got a, the heart of the group that actually acts as the heart of the group. Right. Mm. And they're not just trying to tack it on seven seasons later and gaslight us into thinking it was true the whole time. Uh And my other favorite part was when Fred and Nina are heading back to Nina's house to get a few things for her, try to make her feel more comfortable in this, again, cell that they're going to put her in, I think. And (laughs) so Nina has gotten the impression that Fred and Angel might have a thing together. And Fred has to dance around the fact that Angel can't really have a thing with anyone because of his gypsy curse without ever saying the words gypsy curse. (laughs) Bad idea to say gypsy curse. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's a solid, solid rose. (laughs) My thorn is Angel's broodiness and the inherent disinterest I have in that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, that scene where Nina's with her family and the son and they're playing the (laughs) music. And Angel's watching them from the sports car. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so happy. And it makes no sense because the sister was so angry the last time she saw Nina because she left a child alone in a house and has no explanation for why. Seems like she's on drugs, but won't say anything about what's really going on with her. And now they're just fine. Fine. Because they listened to some happy music, I guess, and hugged in the sun. Terrible. The end. Absolutely (laughs) terrible. Michaela, do we have a winner for this episode? Oh, fuck. I forget. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure that we do. (laughs) Uh, No, none of these people. Um... Wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> you just trying to grit your teeth 
And hope it comes to you? Well, no, I'm going through every character and it's like Spike gets nothing to do. Angel, no. He sort of grapples with this identity that he has, but nothing comes of it. Nina, definitely not. Nina's family, 100% not. Gun, still distrusted by most of the group. Yeah. They get a party sort of at the end. Like, does Angel's apartment win? (laughs) Because it gets more people in it that aren't broody all the time. Uh, oh, that's such a weird winner. But I'm not sure that I... Does Oz win for being the best werewolf in this show? <laughs> he has been on this show. Yeah, he has. Yeah, it's true, yeah. That's a weird winner, too. Ooh, what about the food place that they order from when they're in Angel's new apartment yes. that they used to order from all the time and now are doing so again because the gang's all back together. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, that makes sense. The unnamed restaurant where they order their takeout. Yeah. I like it. Great. That's, that's the good winner. stuff. Is there a best outfit from this episode? I know that it's Florinal. Lauren. Yeah, Florinal. Yeah. Of course it is. It's no... The, the blue suit isn't as good as the mustard suit, mm-hmm. but I think the dress shirt suit combo is better in that outfit i'll take it now there is a review not from teeks on this episode that mm-hmm. just whew, <laughs> it's one it of the one of the silliest things that i've read again not from teeks mm-hmm. be very specific so this is a 10 star review on imdb oh this is not a 10 star episode for this episode titled one of the better episodes of angel so this person i want to be very clear loves werewolves Right. <laughs> didn't remember this review. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So last time I didn't read the whole thing, but I think I'm just going to do it Big because it's very silly. Uh-huh. It's so... Mm. Werewolves have been in classic films I haven't seen, such as the 1946 Wolfman, American Werewolf series, and there are the things I have seen, Underworld, and the two- 2010 Wolfman. Oh my god. And this is what a werewolf movie should be. Uh, I forgot that they name dropped <laughs> Underworld as a good werewolf movie. <laughs> Oh, Underworld's just trash. Okay. Well, this is a Ron sentence like no tomorrow. <laughs> the plot is Angel and the rest are out in the middle of the woods and Angel kills a werewolf with a pen when attacking a girl played by Jenny Mullen and she was bitten and she goes home. She sleeps all day and takes care of her niece when her sister is away. So she turns when she lies down and she collapses and turns into a werewolf and Angel draws her out of the house and Wesley tranquilizes her and she wakes up in a jail cell and puts clothes on Angel, walks in and she says that she needs to take a look at the camera footage and it proves the fact to her that she is a werewolf and Angel says what he is in case you haven't known or seen this series he's a vampire with a soul the vampire part was pretty obvious and she is scared to death about being a werewolf and Fred take her out which to which her home oh god and Fred take her out which to her home it was also to calm her down and her sister is very angry and they leave Fred gets knocked out unconscious and takes Nina the werewolf away and it turns out that the scientist working with Fred for this episode (laughs) is working for that guy that kidnapped her to serve Nina to these people and Angel finds out and enters with invitation for the scientist. Anyway, Angel fights them off and Nina transforms and people get bitten and Wesley tranquilizes her and Angel takes her back to her family after making the scientist werewolf to be eaten. Spike really wants their attention and Fred tries to help him in the end, period. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> what? <laughs> my favorite part about that sentence was that Wesley tranquilized Nina twice during it. <laughs> That's very fantastic. All in all, a great episode. The second best thing with werewolves in it since Underworld. Underworld 1. Oh boy. Okay, so much to love about that. <clears throat> Obviously, the fact that it was all one sentence. <laughs> 
holy crap. It, guys, if we didn't cover something, you just heard it. <laughs> you heard it all. I love the the like fixation on these small details mm-hmm. of like Angel kills a werewolf with a pen. Like yeah. it happens. Is it important? No. <laughs> No. And introducing... <laughs> the cryptozoologist? Just a lot of the people that are introduced, there's no explanation of who they are. It just tells you what they're doing. Yeah. With no explanation of, like, who the evil guy is. Mm, oh, no. boy. Yeah. That's a hell of a thing that you just read to us. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. <laughs> that's, like, that's one of my favorite reviews I've ever heard. <laughs> it's just so insane. And the double win for Underworld. Yeah. The love of Underworld. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's good times. Mm -hmm. Michaela, what's coming up next time on this year podcast? No, no, no. Next time is an episode called Hellbound. Ooh. Ooh. If we were complaining this episode that Spike hasn't had a lot to do. (laughs) We will be excited next time. He might have some stuff to do right then. I mean, for the listeners, maybe I'll... Sure. Yeah. I'm going to read this. Fred faces technical and budgetary setbacks in her project to to make Spike corporeal. Meanwhile, Spike is beset by grisly apparitions that only he can see. Okay, budgetary setbacks for Fred is a hilarious sentence, Mm -hmm. given what I already know about next episode. And that's a little teaser for anyone who doesn't remember, but we'll get into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, science is expensive. I stand by it. (laughs) I'm not sure it's a budgetary setback, you know? (laughs) I think a budgetary setback is like, you've been denied money. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you had your budget decreased. Yeah. And we might see that that's not true. That's not the case. All right, coming up next time, Hellbound. We are very excited about that. Until then, our listeners can always reach out via email, beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com. This episode will be up on the Reddit, buffy.reddit.com. And that's about it. I think pictures are up on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about the last episode. It was, I swear, not our fault. This was a defective mic that just wasn't noticed until too late. (laughs) Went strong for, what, three years and then gave up? And, like, it's not like I dropped it, you know? No, it just happened. didn't work. Yep. And I had it, the volume down, so I didn't see how crappy the audio file was yep. till I did some things to it. And I was like, why does it look like this? So we'll make try to make sure that doesn't happen again, but I don't know. Honestly? Sometimes mics just fail. <laughs> honestly, I think this, what we just did is probably more fun yeah. than what that was. Because, again, as you said, half of it was you trying to figure out whether the episode was bad or you were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> This is much better than that. Yeah. All right. See, See you, you later, later, LA Gator. Gator. Hellmouth. 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 Hellmouth.